Well, let's make our confession right now. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? You know, let's pray for Lori. Joy is not here in this service. I don't know if he's coming second or not, but Joy's mom went home to be with the Lord. He hasn't been with us since Cynthia transitioned into heaven. But Father, we thank you for Cynthia. We thank you for Lori's mother-in-law, Joy's mom. And Lord, we thank you that she is alive and well up there in heaven rejoicing. And we just thank you for the peace for all of the family, all of the children, all of the grandchildren. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. Great job, worship team. They are awesome. Well, the word of the Lord today is a word I know for me, but then I don't think I've ever preached a word or taught a word or shared a word in this church that wasn't for me. So, uh, Dan, uh, last Sunday, was that word for you that you were preaching? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, you got a word for yourself you're bringing with us tomorrow or next week? <laughs> it, will be, it will be awesome. But uh, the word is, is to uh, beware of the distractions in life. There isn't a single one of us here that hasn't been distracted in our walk with the Lord. And sometimes we look at that thing and we think that thing is the problem. And the real problem is not that thing, it is the distraction. I don't know how many of you heard the story about that uh, Southwest plane that lost the engine and, and tragically a lady was killed and others were injured. But it's just coming out. I saw some of the information on the internet this morning uh, uh, that uh, the the pilot, uh, a lady, uh, I forget her name right now, but she's a fighter pilot, uh, one of the first fighter pilots that flew the Phantom Jet in the Air Force, and uh, starting to post her picture now and some of her bio. Uh, born again, spirit-filled Christian, on fire for the things of God. And uh, somebody had asked her when that engine blew uh, about her faith, and she told him, well, yeah, I am a Christian. But she said, I don't think anybody on that plane cared whether or not I was a Christian. They just wanted to know whether or not I could get that plane down. And I thought that was a great example. But she was telling uh, the people that she felt like the Lord was in the cockpit with her during that whole thing. You know, God will never leave us or forsake us. And God will give us a platform to give our faith and our testimony about what he has got done in our lives. And I know there are times in my life when, when I have really been distracted. And I want to give you a couple of definitions here before we really get into the message. But our main attraction should always be God. The devil is always out there trying to distract us off of the things that God wants us to be attracted to. And if we understand this, then we understand that the distraction itself is not the problem. It's what we do about it. Now, what is a distraction? Well, let's take a look at it. Something that prevents someone from giving their full attention to the main attraction. It is a diversion, an interruption, a disturbance, an interference, a hindrance that can eventually cause us agitation to the mind 
and to the emotions, drawing a person away from the main attraction. Can I see the hands of all the people? You know you got some distractions going on in your life. Well, we're going to pray for that today, for those distractions to be gone. But let me ask you this question. What if that thing that is distracting you never ends? Will you be okay? I'll give you the answer to that before I ask you to answer that. You will be okay. So everybody said, now you can answer it. I will be okay. See, a lot of times we think, I'll be okay when the distraction goes away. No, that's not true. What if that thing that is distracting you never changes? What if it's always there? Are you going to be emotionally agitated based on how often you have to see it and, and how often it's around you? Are, are you going to be okay after that thing changes? Folks, I want to be okay before. And I have lived this message that I'm sharing with you today. I have been focused and attracted to God and on the things God told me and on fire for the things of God. And I've had times when I've been distracted by the things that surfaced and came up and pulled me away from what I know God was speaking to me that I should be focused on and doing. And I want to give you just a couple of lighthearted things because, you know, some, some distractions are very minor. Some are very serious, and some can be very deadly. And so it's not, it's not a laughing matter, but the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I love baseball. I love sports. And I heard this story the other day, and I love it. Years ago, and I've always been a Yankee fan, and years ago I was a Milwaukee Braves fan, and that dates me, but when Milwaukee, not the Atlanta Braves, but they were the Milwaukee Braves, and that's where Hank Aaron started. And Hank Aaron was a prolific, awesome, wonderful Hall of Fame baseball player. He broke, uh, well, the first one broke Babe Ruth's record, and, uh, and he was an awesome power hitter. And uh, Yogi Berra was the catcher for the Yankees. And, and Yogi Berra, they, they called him, the, uh, a lot of people said he just was up there as a catcher, always trying to talk to the batters coming up. And, and trying to get them distracted from hitting the ball. And uh, it, that's what he did all the time, and he had that reputation. And it was a World Series game, and Hank Aaron was coming up to bat. And when Hank Aaron came up to bat, Yogi Berra was back there quipping and talking to, to him and said, hey, you got the bat on wrong. Uh, you know, the trademark's supposed to be the back. You can't even read the trademark. And you need to move that around, Hank. And, he's and Hank Aaron was paying absolutely no attention to him, none whatsoever. And Yogi would not stop telling the trademark was on the wrong spot of that bat. Well, first pitch in, Hank Aaron hit over the left field fence. He goes around the bases. He's coming back home. He stopped at home plate. He turned to Yogi and said, Yogi, I didn't come up here to read. I came up here to hit home runs. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was absolutely awesome. <laughs> he never let Yogi distract him from what his mission was. Let's just say it. I should never be distracted. God paid too high a price for you and I to be distracted by the work of the enemy, or by the work of this world. There are many areas where your distractions come from, and as I said earlier, some are serious, some are funny when we talk about them, some can be extremely dangerous, and we have to be careful. Uh, I was looking at this, trying to find something kind of humorous to start the service off with, and I don't know how many of you have ever, how many of you have ever been distracted driving? Can I see your hand? I, I, I have been. I, I was stopped at a stop sign one time, and 
and a stoplight, and uh, uh, it was the old five points. How many know what I'm talking about? The old five points. Uh, not, uh, anyway, I was standing there talking on my cell phone, and uh, the car next to me, and the car next to me took off, and so I just took off. But as I took off, I happened to look up, and he had a green arrow, and I had a red light. And uh, I went right through it with him. He was doing the right thing, and I, thank God, there was no cars coming. Andy Gahab wasn't around, but uh, <laughs> Andy is normally around when I go through a red light. No, I just, <laughs> but, but I was, I was totally distracted. And uh, there's, a, there's a commercial on television that I love. Uh, it, it's the guy who calls himself Mayhem. You know, you know who I'm talking about. I think it's State Farm or Farm Bureau. You're going to find out in just a minute here. But uh, pardon? Is it all state? Okay. But but I, this particular one I I, I really like. It. Let, let's roll it on on distraction. Come on, all that techie stuff you got crammed into your brand new car. I'm so sexy. You can't keep your hands off me. Do it again. There you go. I can do whatever you want except keep your eyes on the road. Now would be a good time to have new car replacement. So get Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. It's good to be in good hands. <laughs> Distractions can put you in the ponds of life, and that's not where you want to be. But I saw another one that I really like, and uh, it's... it's, it's uh, Distractions can come in, in many forms, and this one's a little, uh, it, it's really hilarious about a couple of garbage men picking up trash and a little lady walking down the street. When I first saw it, honey, I don't know why, but this is what I thought about on distractions. When we go to uh, Florida, and uh, you know, sometimes you're sitting on the beach with your wife, and all of a sudden this girl comes by with this unbelievable body and a bikini that looks like it's not over there. And you're sitting there with your wife and you're doing this like, and you're thinking, I know I shouldn't be looking, but there sure is a compulsion. And then you kind of, I'm not gonna ask you guys for a show of hands. You, you just know you shouldn't look, you know, especially with your wife being there. And you realize that there is a real fight of distraction going on. <laughs> well, this one is kind of cute. Not that I ever do that, honey. But, but. Uh... for what you focus upon. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I want to I share 
I want to share a couple of examples with you out of the Word of God because there have been distractions forever since God created mankind. The earliest one recorded is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, when Eve was distracted by the devil who came and contradicted the Word of God. All distractions that the devil uses are going to contradict the Word of God. They're going to try to get you to be in agreement with something that's going to take you off of the main attraction. And it says, so the, the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. And she, she realized that what the devil said, yeah, it's a nice tree and it is desirable to look at. She took of the, of the a fruit and she ate which was her distraction. Then she gave it to her husband and, and he ate. They were distracted from God's command by their self-will of wanting to do something that was a distraction. We have to learn to recognize quickly what the distractions are that are coming our way. Otherwise, we'll give into it. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 2, King Saul was appointed by God to be king. God selected him. He didn't want the people to, be, for, uh, uh, to have a king. Pam shared on that Wednesday night. He, didn't, he wanted them to rule themselves. Turn to your neighbor and tell, tell him, God wants you to rule yourself through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what he wanted for the people. But, but the people demanded they have a king like everybody else so Saul, uh, God gave them, uh, gave him Saul. But then Saul didn't follow what God told him. And in verse number 12, Saul gave a sacrifice that really was against the commandment of God. And it said, the, the, and, and, and he was challenged by Samuel as to why you did this thing. And it said, well, the Philistines are going to come down now at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication or not made the sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled that I needed to offer this. He went contrary to the word of God and was distracted by what he felt compelled to do. Can I see all the people here today, you have done things, reacted to things, thought things, said things, or, or, or done things in your life that you know was the wrong thing to do and that you were doing it because you felt like doing it, and you were distracted by something, maybe the devil, maybe yourself, maybe a self-will, but you did it because you took your eyes off of the main attraction. And the main attraction is what we're going to talk about in just a few moments here. But when you get your focus right, You'll be okay. Joshua chapter 7, verse 3, one of the greatest. I've shared this quite a bit. One of the greatest leaders, in my opinion, that ever lived in the Old Covenant had victory after victory after victory after victory. The first time out after becoming the assistant to Moses and being promoted when Moses died at the Battle of Jericho, he was victorious because he did exactly what God said. Let me see the hands of all the people. You have been victorious whenever you did what God said. Every hand should be raised right now. The blessings of God flow. The power of God flows. Financial blessings come. All of the things come. 
But then the second time out for Joshua, Joshua made a tragic error, which I believe many of this of us do. Joshua listened to the people instead of listening to God. And in Joshua chapter 7, verse 3, it said, God, Joshua listened to the people, and the people said, for the first battle of Ai, don't weary our people. The people in Ai are defenseless. They're nothing compared to us, and we don't need to send that many people up there. And Joshua, who consulted God continually before that, following the example of Moses consulting God, made a serious error. He decided to listen to the counsel of people instead of asking God what his desire was. I have done that. May I see the hands of all the people. You have followed the counsel of people only to find out that was not the will of God for your life. They may have been well intended, but they were wrong in what they told you, and you were wrong for following them. And what happened when you did that is you became distracted from the thing that should have been the attraction, which was this is what God has told me to do. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. Now, then we keep going a little bit further here. Second, cha uh, Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, I'll just paraphrase it, but this is the story of King David. He saw God's hand move time and time and time again on his behalf. And at this particular time, for whatever reason, uh, when, when, when David had sent his men to war, it says it's a time when kings go to war, when they go to battle. And David decided not to go. Now, I can't relate to what David did, and we're going to share that in just a moment, but I can share this with you. There was a time, and Pam made reference to this, and it, and it triggered in me what happened Wednesday night when she was sharing, great series she's sharing on Wednesday nights. If you haven't been here, get the... Get the messages off the internet or the CDs. Uh, final one coming up, I think, next this coming Wednesday. But she was talking about the time when uh, John and I and Terry Henshaw were in Peru. And the distractions, if you allow a distraction into your life, it can stop the plan of God, of the miracle that he wants to do through you. And we were down there in Peru, and we'd been ministering quite a bit, and I was tired, and Terry Henshaw wanted to go shopping. It was the last thing in the world I wanted to do. I wanted to take a nap. John wanted to go shopping. John and I were sharing a room. Terry had a palatial apartment in this hotel we were in. John and I were sharing a room. So I thought, this is awesome. Terry, take John and go shopping. I got the room all to myself. I'm going to have myself a nice nap. Now, I felt in my spirit that I was supposed to go shopping, but it didn't make any sense to me. How many of you can relate to what I'm saying? You know what you're feeling in your spirit, but it doesn't make any sense to me because the nap is ruling out going shopping, even though I feel like I'm supposed to go shopping, but it does not register with my mind. Why would I want to go shopping in downtown Peru? Peru is a city of about 10 million people. <clears throat> anyway, 
I am deciding right up until, I'm not deciding, I have decided right up until the last minute, I am not going shopping. You guys go. They kept asking me to go, but finally they let go. But I could not stop hearing what I was supposed to do. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's just there, it's there, it's there. So finally I said, okay, guys, I'll go with you. So I went. I was kind of agitated, grumbling, didn't really want to go. So we're wandering all around downtown Peru, 10 million people. We get lost. And Terry said, let's find somebody. I'm going to find somebody, a a Peruvian, and they'll, they'll tell us where to go because he knew there was a specific gift store he wanted to go to. This lady is coming out the door of a shop, and, and, and they stop her and start talking to her. I walk on by them to the end of the corner, just kind of hanging out, doing nothing, and I start walking back toward them. And as I walk back toward Terry, John, and the lady talking, the lady starts jumping up and down and starts pointing at me. Point, it's you, it's you, it's you. And I thought, this lady is weird. <laughs> and, and so the closer I got, the more excited she got. And finally, she just came and put her arms around me. She said, it's you, it's you. And I said, excuse me, do I know you? She said, yes, you passed through a church back in Indiana. Yes, I've been to your church. This lady had been in America to the University of Notre Dame came down to Lafayette, heard about our church, came in for one of the services, and she said, your wife, she leads worship. She sings, she dances, she dances all around. Yes, yes, I've been to your church. Victory church, victory church. And she's so excited. She said, I must talk to you. I must talk to you. You're an answer to prayer. And she walked me down to the corner as Terry and John are standing there totally bewildered, <laughs> as was I. And uh, And I began to pray for her. Well, first of all, she told me the story. And she said, I believe God sent you. And it was a horrible situation that she was going through. And I prayed for her and all. I share all that with you because my distraction for a nap could have prevented her miracle. But because I finally gave in reluctantly, I believe that you can be part of a miracle of God reluctantly doing it. (laughs) There was no faith involved in what I was doing whatsoever. I didn't even want to be there. But now that I tell the story, oh, glory to God, yeah, I wanted to be there. Sure, I wanted to be part of that miracle. But see, God wants us not to be distracted by anything. The taking of the nap, some people could say, well, what's the big deal whether you take a nap or not? In and of itself, nothing. But on the other end of that nap was a lady looking for a miracle and looking for somebody to pray for her. So you'll never know when that obstacle that's trying to distract you can really come into your life and cause you not to be able to fulfill what God wants for you to fulfill. In in, in 2 Samuel chapter 11, David is a man after God's own heart. He loved God. There's there's no no question about his love for God because it, it says he was a man after God's own heart. But when he saw Bathsheba, a spirit of lust got a hold of him. A spirit of lust is a, is a strong detraction, distractions. Every single person on the face of the earth is going to be distracted. The devil is going to try to distract you with something. 
For you, it may not be lust. For you, it may not be to take a nap when you should be out on a battlefield. To you, it may not be something that would be to somebody else, but you have an area in your life where the devil is going to attack you and has been attacking you. And that is an area where he will constantly come against you and come against you and come against you. And that's where you have to fortify yourself David was not fortified in that area of his life. The fact that he looked up and saw Bathsheba taking a bath and he saw and he had some kind of an impulse, that wasn't his problem. His problem was that he didn't do something about it. In other words, yeah, I saw and felt and had that impulse. Now I got to ask God's forgiveness and I got to turn and get back to the main attraction, which is why am I hanging out on my balcony anyway? Why am I not out there with my troops where I need to be? In a moment's notice, because of his distraction, he turned on one of his leaders. He murdered one of his leaders. He was complicit in the murder. He was complicit in all sorts of things. There was a child that was born out of that relationship that died. And all of that was because David, a man after God's own heart, was detracted and distracted and went the wrong direction with his life. I can't tell you how many people I have seen in ministry, some I've even known, that have fallen due to a spirit of lust that they didn't deal with friend of ours out in Oklahoma who fell, lost his marriage, lost his church, lost everything. A pastor over in Illinois that I knew of, I didn't know him personally, had a church of about 9,000 people, lost everything through that same thing. Folks, we always have to be on guard, always not allowing anything to detract us whatsoever or to distract us. I saw something the other day don't get under condemnation about this. But I saw something I read the other day and I thought, that is really good. It's our vice president, Mike Pence. And, it was a, and he's talking about his Christian faith and what he believes is what is right for him. Everybody say, for him. And that is that he never has dinner or lunch or an appointment alone with a woman. He always has somebody else along with him. In other words, he knows that he's not going to give any place to the devil in that area of his life. David was not a man who would be prone to do what he did, but he did what he did because he was distracted. Now let's get a little bit lighter. Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, we're going to lighten up now. We're going to look at Luke chapter 10 and another distraction. If you read through the Bibles, when God gave me this message and I started going through it, I thought, God, the whole Bible is full of distractions. People getting distracted. It's everywhere. Everybody would start out and they'd be moving towards you and then they would get distracted. And uh, maybe that's why God's got us preaching on it today because I believe God's got places for us to go things for us to do, and, and that if we don't get distracted along the way, we'll, we'll be okay. But it's Luke chapter 10, and it's the story of Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha were sisters. They loved God. They, 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 they loved Jesus, and, and Jesus knew them, and they knew Jesus, and, and, the, and Jesus comes to their house. And, and he's sitting, talking somewhere, I, I, in, in the living room perhaps, and Mary and Martha are both at the feet of Jesus. But all of a sudden, Martha, who is listening to God, how, how many of you would say that you can sometimes be easily distracted? Could I see your hands? Okay, now, it's not wrong 
to admit that you can be distracted, but it wouldn't be good to live the rest of your life that way, thinking this is the way I'm wired. That is not the way you're wired. You are wired the way God wired you, not to be distracted or be preoccupied. So don't use that as an excuse, because what we've got to do is start getting our focus where it belongs. And Mary and Martha, I know there are people today that Daniel's, <laughs> Daniel. Uh, uh, our uh, uh, grandson Daniel when he was little he was with us a lot I don't know if you remember this or not but I'll never forget it Pam he was talking to Pam I think it was on Southland Drive but he was saying something to you and you were looking around and he came up and he grabbed your cheeks do you remember that you, Pam, Pam was just doing you know whatever but but for Daniel, we didn't know what it meant at the time. For Daniel, she was not paying attention to him. So he walked up. He's probably about five or six. He's real young. He came up, took her cheeks like this, and started talking to her like that. He wanted her full attention, and he held them. It was the cutest thing, but, but that's what God wants. God wants our attention. Everybody say, God wants my attention. So Mary gets up, she ha she, she's becoming preoccupied that, well, wait a minute, somebody over there needs some bread and some crackers and somebody. She's ignoring the word of God coming out of the son of God's mouth because she thinks that some people need to be served and she probably needs to get up and do it. So she jumps up and she starts serving people. The word of God says Mary was distracted. She was distracted with much serving. There's only one person we are called to serve with our full focus, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not people. Now, I understand that we do serve people, we do help people, and all those kind of things, but your focus is out of your servitude toward God, not people ahead of God. Does that make sense? Okay, so in, in other words, what happened was that she then came back and said, Jesus, don't you care that I'm doing all this? I, I mean, Mary's not doing anything. Uh, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. She is instructing the Son of God, get your act together and tell my sister she needs to get off her behind and start helping me serve because we don't really even come back to what you have to say later on. All of us can laugh about that. But how many of us have played with our cell phones, played with our technology, played with our movies on our TV set, played with everything else and not had time to pray, not had time to spend with God, and we become lethargic and just kind of locked into this is the way I live every moment of every day. Every day, every day. Would you like to live your life the way you're living your life every moment of every day for the rest of your life? You will. And if you're happy with it, praise God. But if you're not, you're going to have to make some changes. And the example that came to me was the other, uh, this car that I have has a gap finder. Now, it's the first one I've had that has a gap finder. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you're driving down the road on cruise control, you can come up on another car that's going slower than you, and it locks into that car, and you travel at that car's pace. And uh, which is nice from an accident standpoint of prevention that if you're coming up on a car doing, what's the speed limit? 70. If you're coming up on a car doing 70 mile an hour and it's doing 50 mile an hour, then it's going to lock you in at 50 on that car. That's a heck of a thing. When I first got it, I didn't know if I liked it because as I was going 70 mile an hour, 
down that road, it would automatically break down and lock in behind that car going 50. And I thought, well, I don't know if I like this or not because it would kind of jolt me. And then after a while, I thought, well, this is a really great safety feature. But then I found out that what would happen is sometimes I'd be coming up on a car and because I'd gotten used to the slowdown, I didn't even recognize it. And all of a sudden, we're going down the interstate for 10 or 20 miles at 50 mile an hour, locked behind a car that's going 20 miles an hour slower than me. <laughs> And all of a sudden, it's like, this is really getting boring. What's going on here? Why are we going so slow? Not realizing that I had allowed something else to determine my speed. Does that make sense to you? Transfer that into the spiritual realm of life, of moving ahead. Who can stop you from being what God wants you to be? Well, you don't understand about... No, 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 no. Nobody can stop you from being what God wants you to be if you're focused upon the things that God has for you. And uh, I, I like that thing on my car. It helps me, but I don't know why anybody goes 50 miles an hour on an interstate anyway. But anyway, okay. Now, now this is what I want to conclude with quickly. Worry is an open door to distraction. Some people worry by habit. All distractions can become a habit, and a habit can become habitual. You've heard the term habitual offenders. That means this person will always offend. You can't trust them. There are people who become habitual worriers, and the door, if you can see a proverbial door, door is always open on their life to worry. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about anything. I, I love Danny Jones. I got choked up when he gave me that letter this morning over here just before worship. Uh, I want Danny to live and not go to heaven before his time. But the thing that impresses me the most is Danny loves vanilla shakes. I'm a strawberry shake guy, but, but Danny loves strawberry shakes. And so I took him one the other day and got to get back to Budgie's. He loves Budgie's chocolate, uh, vanilla shake. But, but we was over there talking and he said, he said I, I'm ready to go to heaven. That's no problem at all. He said, I just feel like God's got so much more for me to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's got a lot more for you to do. And that if you're distracted by the things of this world, money can be a distraction. Your job can be a distraction. Your marriage can be a distraction. You can have your focus on your marriage so much you miss the very focus of where God wants to take your marriage. Your children can be a distraction. Your family, your grandchildren, your home, your grass can be a, a, a distraction. Your flower bed can be a distraction. You might say, now, all of those things I'm not into, so it's easy for me to preach this, okay? <laughs> well, not all those things, but the flower bed is not a big one for me. But I mean, in other words, you get so distracted and tinkering with my car, with washing my car, my car's got to be clean all the time. Now I am talking about myself. But, but, but that thing becomes a distraction to stop you from moving out and being what God wants you to do. And a lot of times we don't realize how, how important it is to make sure that we don't worry about anything. Worry is a preoccupation. This is what the word means. Preoccupation causing anxiety, stress, and pressure. Let's all say it. Do not worry. Now, the word distraction means basically the same 
thing. Distraction opens the door to worry. Worry opens the door to distraction. What if that thing that causes you to be agitated? What if that thing causes you to be distracted? What if that thing never changes from being there? Are you always going to be like you are, folks? No, you got to drop it. You got to get rid of it. The word of God says, cast every care upon the Lord because he first cares for you. The root word for care is worry. What does worry do? It's a preoccupation with distraction. You got to move on and you got to, I know this sounds difficult for some people sometimes, but you just have to move on and suck it up and say, look, these people aren't going with me. I'm going on. This person's never going to change. I'm not going to hang around here because of this person. I'm going to move on with my life to accomplish what God's telling me to accomplish. Now, I got four things for you. And the few moments we have left here, that if you do it, it will change your life. These are not things that you've never heard before, but I have found that if you don't continually practice the basics, you will become distracted. And every person that I've ever been around that has, has, has become distracted have missed it in these areas, and they're just basic. Number one, everybody say, I'm not going to miss it. Number one, our focus has to be continually upon the things of God. Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2 says, Focus upon Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So our focus is upon Jesus. If Jesus said it, that settles the issue. I am not going to be distracted. I'm not going to allow any thought enter my mind that is contrary to what Jesus told me. Number two, we are going to have to live the Word of God. If Eve had lived the Word of God, she would have never been distracted. If David had lived the Word of God, he would have never been distracted. Joshua would have never been distracted. He couldn't live the Word of God because he didn't ask God what the Word was. He didn't have his prayer journal out. If you don't have your prayer journal out, you cannot follow God and you will be distracted. If you follow your prayer journal, you will never be distracted. As I was getting ready for this message, I felt like the Lord showed me some things in my life where I have been distracted, and I know what God told me. I know what I wrote down. I know when I wrote it down. I know when he reinforced telling me, and I know what he said, and I'm thinking about something else that is contrary to what he said, no different than what Eve did, no different than what we have just shared here. Third thing is, you've got to get a hold of your mind. And you've got to tell that thing, you're going to meditate the Word of God day and night. I am not going to allow my mind to be distracted by worry and fear and doubt and unbelief and agitation and all these things that cause me to lose my joy because if I do that, I distract myself. The Word of God says that when he talked to Joshua and said, Joshua, listen up, buddy. If you will meditate my Word day and night, you will be successful and prosperous everywhere that you go. So therefore, do it, and you'll never be distracted. Only one time in the Word of God did Joshua miss it. But folks, we don't want to give the devil that one time. Say, I don't want to give the devil that one time. We're going to go forward, and we're going to do what God has called us to do. I'm just going to tell you a public profession right now. I believe for years God has told me to write a book. And I was praying the other day, and I've started, I've started, I've started so many books right now, I, I probably have written 15 or 20 books, and I've thrown them all away. And the other day, I was doing something else on this book, and I was writing on it, and I thought, this is terrible, I threw it away. And this is what I heard. Why are you throwing those away? And I'm just being honest with you, so I'll let you hold me accountable. I says, because I don't like it, 
and I don't know if anybody would even want to read it. And this is what I heard in my spirit. Are you writing the book for somebody else? Are you writing the book for me? Now, God told me to write the book. I brought it through in my mind. I wonder if anybody will read it. I wonder if it will be good enough. God is reminding me, if I told you to write a book, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter, and this is what I heard. It doesn't matter if nobody reads it. If I told you to write a book. Yes, sir. I would write a book, but I'm still hoping somebody will read it. Now, <laughs> now, now. <laughs> you, but do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, God tells us what to do, and then we try to reason it out, and we change the direction, and we become distracted because we're not doing what he told us to do. I know what God told me to do in many areas of my life. All I need to do is do it, and so do you. Tell your neighbor, you know what to do. You know what to do. You're not hanging around waiting for God to tell you. You already know what to do. And then the last thing that is, is so important, I want to read this to you. It's in John chapter 16. And, and this, this is such one of the most, I believe this is one of the most powerful scriptures in the whole Bible. You've heard it many times in this church. When the spirit of truth, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, he will lead and guide you into all truth and he will speak not on his own authority, but on what he hears he will speak and he'll tell you all of the things to come for your life. He'll glorify me, Jesus. He'll take what I have, which was everything, and he'll give it to you, and then all things that the Father has that are already mine, therefore I say I will take all of those things and I will give them all to you. In other words, you and I have the same ability that Jesus had with the authority, the power, the dominion, the provision, everything that Jesus had flowing from heaven for him to accomplish his earthly assignment now has been given to us. Those two scriptures in Philippians 4, 13 and 19 are powerful right out of John. And it says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We got everything Jesus had. My God will supply all of my needs just like he supplied all of the needs for Jesus. So therefore there is not a single thing that can stop me from fulfilling the plan of God for my life. Can we say amen to that? Amen. <clears throat> Therefore, we have great and mighty exploits ahead of us yes. because we're not going to get distracted. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's all say, I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going from glory to glory. What happens then is, and you've got to stir up what's inside you. There are things in my prayer journal that just, as I was getting ready for this message, I'd go back and I'd look at them and say, yeah, God, I, well, actually, I was going back further than this. This is this year. I was going back in the previous year, and I'd say, yeah, that's what you told me. And that's what somebody confirmed to me. That's what I saw in the Word. That's what I know you want me to do with the rest of my life. This is where I'm going. I'm not thinking about how old I am. I'm thinking about how much I have to do. I'm not talking about my health. I'm talking about your plan, your purpose. You have a plan and a purpose, and you need to get focused on it and get that distraction out of your life and get attracted to the main attraction, which is where God wants you to go. It's not your job. It's not your financial cash flow. It's not your family. It is a divine plan of God for the rest of your life that you focus on and move out toward. And once you do that, every day is an exciting day to get up. Thank glory to God. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice in it. 
Can you say amen to that? That last song that we sang was so powerful. And there's a line in there about what was it? Going from glory to glory. What, is that, was that it, going from glory to glory? Let's just say, I am called to go from glory to glory. How many of you know that there are areas in your life where you, not the devil, but where you have allowed yourself to be distracted. Can I see your hands? Now, we're going to pray today because if you don't do something about it, it won't change. You know, you might be thinking, well, if this situation or this thing changes or this person changes, then I'll be okay. Well, as I said earlier a couple times, what if that thing never changes? What if that situation never changed? Are you going to be held to that stake in the ground the rest of your life? Are you going to break free and move forward to be what God's called you to be? Just like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to break forward. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to go where he says to go. And we're going to accomplish what he has to accomplish. If you have, and you are that person, look like every hand was lifted. You say, I've got distractions in my life, and I need them gone. I want you to lift your hand. Father, you see every hand that's lifted. Lord, I pray that today is a breakthrough, that our attraction will be you, your word, the leading of your spirit, that we are no longer going to be distracted by anything. There is nothing that can distract us unless we allow it. And I thank you for the word that you've given us in your written word, in our prayer journals, what you have for each of us to accomplish for your glory, that we are going to accomplish it. In the name of Jesus, we believe it and we decree it. And everybody said, I'm going to lead you in a confession in just a moment, but would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you this question. Do you know if you died today, you would be with Jesus? Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here, you're like a prodigal child. You've drifted away. Don't let another moment go without knowing that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. We're going to pray for you. Anyone at all. Ladies, come on down here. and Give them a hand as they come. Yeah, give them a hand as they come. It's a long walk, I know. Yeah, keep it up. Just angels in heaven are rejoicing at this very moment. All I can think about is that I was becoming distracted and almost missed this moment of prayer. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're both here today. Stretch your hands out here. We're all going to pray for you and with you, okay? So let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned, I've made mistakes. But today, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. 
I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. Father, I thank you for these two ladies. I thank you for the plan, the purpose that you have for their lives. And I pray that they will fulfill it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sandy, talk to these two ladies. Glory to God. There's a living example of a distraction right there. I almost distracted myself by wanting to close this service and seeing what time it was. Alright, let's make this confession. Today, I have heard the word. The devil cannot distract me. People can't distract me. The only person who can distract me is myself. And therefore, I'm done distracting me. No more will I do that. But I am going to be attracted to the main attraction, and that is Jesus, their plan for my life, and I will fulfill my God-given destiny, bringing glory to God in everything that I do. Can you say amen to that? Let's give the Lord a hand.